This week's episode of Trek Geeks is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. You know, they have close to 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins to choose from, with new pins coming out every month. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com, and stay tuned for this week's special Trek Geeks discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. Hi, this is Michelle Specht. I play Dr. Elise McKenna on Star Trek Continues. Oh my god, I'm totally fangirling right now because I just met Dan Davidson and Bill Smith of the Trek Geeks podcast. Oh my gosh, they are amazing. From Podfleet Command and the official fan congress on how to do all things Star Trek, it's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant, the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Trek Geeks. I am so glad you're here. It's episode number 173, and you know, every time we get a chance to uh, to record one of these episodes and have people listen to it, it, it really just brings us a great amount of joy because, joy because we are two guys who love Star Trek. And have our whole lives. And of course, by we, I do me and my co-host and I. Um, I couldn't do this without him, nor would I do it with anybody else. He's the lovely and talented Dan Davidson. And Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. We're going to talk about something we've been wanting to talk about for a while now. We ha- we have been wanting to talk about it. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Bill. I appreciate it. We have done 172 of these episodes so far, plus the supplementals. I want to make sure that I throw that in there. Oh, why and would you do that? I have no idea. Maybe you'll just have to listen to the outtake. And uh, it's 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 taken 173 episodes to talk about it, but uh, we think that this is the right time uh, based on 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 what's going on these days. So we decided we're going to sit down. We're going to have a great conversation about how to be a Star Trek fan. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. I think it's going to be a fun conversation. And the most important thing, I think it's going to be a positive conversation. Amen. You know, we've been wanting to talk about this for a while because like you said, there's just a lot of negativity out there. And we wanted to frame this discussion in a way that made sense. Um, we'll talk about some of the impetus behind this later on. But uh, in the meantime, my friend, um, there are all kinds of Star Trek fans out there, and some of them might even be listening to this year podcast. How might they tell us about their Star Trek fandom? Well, it's very easy to do that. Uh, just head right on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and there you're going to find a variety of ways to get in touch with either Bill or myself. You can leave us a voicemail. You can Skype chat us. You can fill out the contact form and type us out a personalized message, or you can even click on that giant big blue button on the right side of the website and leave us a message with your very own mellifluous voice using SpeakPipe. And don't forget the place to be on Facebook these days is the Trek Geeks official Facebook group Camp Kittimer. 
Bring your Trek talk, your Trek picks, and your Trek love over to the site and join over 1,300 other friends to talk all things Trek. It is the place on social media where the Trek is positive, where the talk is positive about Trek, and it's talkative Trek. No bashing, no gatekeeping, and don't forget every Friday, it's the Friday Commute Celebration where Bill and I will do our weekly lip sync, especially for our campers, and we promise we're going to be back this week, and it's going to be a doozy. To join the group, go over to facebook.com slash group slash Camp Kittimer and be ready to take part in all the fun. We want to also thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Dan, for the amazing job they do running the camp. And uh, Bill, very, very important. Once I can get my uh, language straightened out, please remember that any topics or comments or messages that you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode. Did we add topics to that copy or are you just sort of winking it? I um, just completely pulled that one right (laughs) out of my empty big melon. Oh, well, you know, I have it on tape now, you know, or the equivalent of tape. I have it on ones and zeros that you have an empty big melon, mm-hmm. but we're going to be positive about it. You wear it well. Thank you. It looks good with my headset, I must say, looking at the camera right now. Yeah. It looks even better if I mute your camera. Mute my camera? Yeah, that's, yeah. that makes sense. Dan, oh, if I bring up the words infinite diversity in infinite combinations, what does that make you think of? Spock. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Basically, that's... <laughs> sorry, you asked me the first thing I thought of. No, it's good. What, what, what does that bring to mind? What does that mean to you? Everything is welcoming. There is no wrong. We can have differences, but we all come together like this. I like that. Infinite diversity, infinite combinations. You know, it's it's something that, that has come to me, mean a lot to me over the last few years. I, I think as Star Trek fans, we accept it as part of of the universe that we love. You know, it's a, it's an idea that the Vulcan society is built on to some extent. Um, but I think that in the last handful of years it's taken on a special meaning with star trek fans too Mm -hmm. i think it's it's shown us that you know we really are stronger um because of our differences when we work together rather than weaker because of them it's it's something that i think is is such a simple a simple and beautiful concept that i I think that it gets overlooked a lot of times and i think we're going to talk about that and fandom here in this episode today um we both became Star Trek fans as young kids. Um, when you were a kid, what was it that drew you to Star Trek? I mean, obviously it's on, you know, it's, it's spacey, there's Spock, but what was it that made you go back for the second time and the third time and the fourth time? Well, as a young kid, I just enjoyed the adventure. Um, it wasn't until I was older where I started thinking about the whole, you know, the, the, what the story means and, and is it Star Trek and, and what is that meaning? When I was a kid, it was the adventure. It was something that was new to me. We didn't see these type of shows before. Um, it was 
as a kid, even though I said just a second ago, it wasn't the stories. It was the stories from a kid's perspective. You know, you're going and you're fighting this lizard creature or you're, or you're, you're looking at this big shaggy rock that's writing no kill eye in the stone. And, and it just, it makes you enjoy it as a kid. It's fun. It's, it's something that you're not used to see it. It's a, it's a, it's a dream. It's, it's something that's in your imagination that's put on television. And that's something that always, um, drew me to it once I started liking it because as we've talked about on the show when I was a very little kid my brother got to watch whatever he wanted he wanted Star Trek and I was kind of forced mm. to watch it but then I started enjoying it as a kid for that adventure for that fun for that scariness in some of the episodes you know as a kid you like to be scared watching TV sometimes yeah um, I enjoyed stuff like that so Star Trek as a as a youngster gave me those things that as a youngster I really like to see on TV you know, I wasn't the, even though I enjoyed watching them, I wasn't the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner cartoon guy all the time. I wanted, I wanted real action stuff that I could really watch and enjoy. And being someone who likes science fiction since I was a little kid, once I started watching Star Trek with a mindset other than, I don't want to watch this because Don's watching it, it really is something that I grew to love. Well, it's because Don's a big drag. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not. Oh, no. <laughs> of course I am. <laughs> no, I have to agree with you. I mean, when I was a kid, I I think it it amazes me now when I look back because I understood the higher concepts of Star Trek even as like a six or seven year old. You know, I think about an episode like "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield," and it, we'll see. We say now that it's kind of bonk bonk on the head, but when you're a six or a seven or an eight year old kid seeing that episode for the first time. It really sends forth the message, you know, that, uh, duh, racism is stupid. And it's one that really resonated with me as a child. Um, as you become an adult, what is it that keeps you loving Star Trek? And obviously your, your passion for it has changed. Your love for it has changed. You still, I'm sure, echo some of those same sentiments, but you know, like everything, it has to have evolved, right? Well, let me go back to Let That Be Your Last Battlefield for a second. When I was a young kid, I actually didn't look at it like that. And now this could be this could be the same definition as what you just said, but maybe on a young kid scale. I was like, why is he so mad that that guy's got that color on the other side of his face? That's how I looked at it as a kid. I didn't look at it as the racism aspect that, of course, it was it was built on and and, and what the true meaning is. So I looked at it with that kind of, innocent child question uh when an episode like that was was being seen for the first time but as i grew up and i got older and i started to really appreciate star trek for what it was it was for the very reasons that we always talk about we see a crew of very different ethnicities and of different worlds and they're all working together for the common good and they all have a common goal to explore and not to conquer or or anything on the negative side it's to it's to better their own life and see what else is out there and welcome those people and see what they do in their lives um so that they can better their own um so i looked at it with that very positive aspect and of course we bring in idic as we grow older and really understand and as a fan that has become so entrenched with Star Trek. You dissect those episodes with those various um, subjects like IDIC and what is Star Trek in this episode and, and things along those lines. So it has taken a, a, uh, an, a, an uphill climb all of these years as to why it is important to me and, and how I have become a fan and how it's affected my fandom. 
but it all comes down to that basic that basic acceptance that we see in the 24th century that was quote and we're going to say it gene's vision <laughs> trademark trademark <laughs> little r with a circle on it yeah 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 i um i i think i feel kind of the same way about that i mean uh, there was a good period in my younger adult life if you will probably like uh my late 20s to early 30s where i just didn't watch a whole lot of star trek and i think it's because i i I kind of was in conflict with myself. I feel like I didn't necessarily know who I really was or wanted to be at that point in my life. And so I figured that, well, you know, in order to be adult, I have to like adult things. You know, I have to, I have to be a participating member of society. And I, I sort of let Star Trek fall by the wayside. And it wasn't in realizing several years later that the person I was, this Star Trek fan, was the person I was meant to be all along. And you know what? It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um and it's kind of fueled me from there. I mean, it's been a part of my life ever since then, and it's only grown my appreciation for it. These days, it's it's pretty much all of my non-work interactions. And work. It, well, yeah, and work to some extent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my wife and I don't talk Star Trek, but that's, I mean, that that's neither here nor there. You know, everything else in my life is Trek-centric. And I... I'm the happiest that I've been in my adult life, I think, as a result. Do you find the same thing? Absolutely. Um, one of the things you just said was that you stopped watching it a little bit in your 20s, 30s. And that's interesting. Um, I never did. I always have watched it. Whether it's the same cassettes. I used to have the old VHS oh, yeah. cassettes. And, and whether I'm just watching the same ones over and over and over again, I never stopped. But... Because of that stereotype that used to be associated with Star Trek, yeah. get a life, stuff like that, it was something that I kept quiet for quite a while. Oh, yeah. Then we finally discovered, you know what? There's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. This is a great show. It's got a great message. So I, I came out of that shell, so to speak. Um, and as with you, it is it is in everything. I mean, I can remember a year or so ago being at a restaurant with Sue and I looked down at the eggs that I had just cut without even doing anything. And one of the cuts was the, the start was the Trek Delta. And I took a picture of my egg white. You and sent it to me it on yeah. Facebook yeah. because that's what everything is Star Trek related. It seems um, Sue and I talk Star Trek all the time. She doesn't really have a choice, but she does like <laughs> it as well, too. Um, we, we enjoy watching Discovery together. It's fastly becoming her favorite series. Um, so it's it's everything. Every family member knows that the conversation is going to turn to Trek at least some time during the discussion. And it's something that I never get tired of. Our fandoms, like our lives, have evolved. And I guess that's part of what we want to touch base today as we come around to our central theme, which is how to be a Star Trek fan. I think that you and I interact with fans of all types from all walks of life, simply just by virtue of having done this podcast for four years. And we've met people who have just come into the franchise for the first time. You know, some people through one of the TV series or even the the Kelvin timeline movies. Mm -hmm. We've talked to fans who've been fans since 1966 and fans who have joined you know, um, with this, this journey at every series right. uh, along the timeline. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that has impressed me the most is that although their fandoms are different, although the people are vastly different, the thing they love is still the same. 
And I think that's really kind of what blows my mind. I mean, this is a, a series and a franchise that has been around now for 53 years. Right. And it just continues to grow. And all of these people uh, are essentially friends that you've never met. And I think that's really the kind of thing that still just really kind of makes, I have a hard time wrapping my head around it because one, it's been true of everyone we've ever met doing this podcast. And, and two, um, there are a lot of people out there. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say so. Uh, one of the things that I, I really enjoy is meeting those people who are just getting into it. And the first people that come to mind, I got to say, are, are Mike and his daughter, Emily. She's brand yeah. new into the brand new into the into the franchise, and and they are enjoying that journey so much that they've decided to start their own podcast, and they're doing a hell of a job. It's that love of something that you want to do other things to help better those other people that you might be interacting with, to share your stories and to tell you what it means to you, and use that positive aspect of of what star trek is and how to be a star trek fan that makes it all worthwhile i was heartbroken this past weekend when a good friend of ours johnny posted that he had a friend who had just deleted their twitter account because she professed her love for discovery and somebody bashed her about it and it hurt her so much that she stopped using twitter yeah it's such a sad situation to see something like that and i really i really hope she comes back and sees that there are a lot of people who love her for the fact that she's a Star Trek fan and anything else, and that we are there to be positive for her. That's one of the things that I think is most important about us being podcasters, is we are that microphone for the love of Trek, and we've always talked about here, we're going to do it in a positive way, and we hope that other people appreciate that positivity over everything else. You know, and there are times, at least in my life, where I wasn't nearly as positive. You know, I think back to 1987 and 1988, when Next Generation was not great. I mean, let's be honest about mm -hmm. that. Um, and I used to refer to it as Wesley Trek. Right. You know, because it seemed like every other episode, Wesley was saving the ship. It was clunky. Um, the scripts weren't always the best. And I used to say, well, this isn't real Trek. And I was wrong. Right. I mean, I have no problem admitting it today. I'm almost embarrassed to say that I used to say that it wasn't real Trek. And I would talk to next gen fans and go, yeah, that Star Trek sucks. Yeah. And I wish now that I could take it back because in hindsight, thinking about that, that, that friend of Johnny Staggs who, who signed off Twitter as a result, um, I feel terrible. You know, it makes me glad that we have this podcast and get to speak about Star Trek as positive, positively as we do and say words like, yeah, I was wrong and I was an idiot. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something that we don't usually do on the podcast here, Bill. I'm going to ask Johnny right now, Johnny, have your friend re-sign up to Twitter and send Bill and I a direct message so that we can talk to her so that maybe she'll want to come back and, and join the family again as to how we can be positive about Star Trek and to push aside the negativity and focus on what's important. That's it. I mean, I, I think that the big takeaway, well, you know, I've had pinned to my Twitter profile now for the last, mm -hmm. oh my God, three years. In fact, it's coming up three years later this month and I'm going to call, I'm going to read it verbatim right off my Twitter profile. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Everyone who loves something about Star Trek is a real fan. No one defines your fandom, but you. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what this episode is about. Um, you and I came into, into the franchise in a similar way, but still very different. You and I like different things about the franchise. Right. You and I like different aspects. You're very much a, a book guy, you yep. know, or at least you certainly were at one point and you're starting to become one again. I never have been, you know, I, I've always been more of a, uh, 
uh, of a movie and, and special mm -hmm. features kind of guy and, um, and a toy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I have boxes upon boxes of toys that just, I've, I've never opened and need to at some point. Sure. But you know, it, what is one of the biggest misconceptions you think is out there about being a Star Trek fan? Oh, I mean, we can go back to what I was talking about a little while ago, you know, to get a life. You know, everybody thinks Star Trek fans are nerdy and geeks and and that's all they do and is watch Star Trek and live in their parents' basements. And it it's so much more than that. Th I mean, this this show, this show gives people hope. It saves lives. And I am a living example of that, as you know. And there are so many other people that we've talked to who's had the same thing. It's brought people together. My God, STLV. And, and what it's like to be there with thousands upon thousands of people that share the same passion for something that you do is unlike anything I could have ever imagined. But that I think that stereotype is the one that has always stuck out to me more than anything back in the day. And what I, what I appreciate now that I'm almost 50 years old is that that stereotype was, while it, it still may be something that people joke about now, if somebody were to say that to me, I can laugh it off because I know it's not true for one and two, because I'm not going to focus on something like that. I'm going to continue to focus on the positive aspect of why I love the show. I, I, I can't really, <laughs> I can't make that any better because you said it perfectly. Thank you. So let's talk about some rules hmm. about being a Star Trek fan. Okay. And I think these are ones you're going to get behind. So let's go with, uh, with rule one, rule one, the best way to be a Star Trek fan is to love Star Trek your way. What do you think about that? I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. And you may have this in a rule, but I'm going to add a, a 1A to that. Yeah. You may, you may say, no, 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 that's another rule. Yeah. The other rule is to be a Star Trek fan, don't tell other people how to be a Star Trek fan, which is... <laughs> kind of ironically what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of the hook of the, of the episode. Exactly. Um, we're essentially telling people to just be a Star Trek fan. It be, that's right. Just be a Star Trek fan. The, that We love this so much. Just, just focus on that. That's all you got to do. You know, you're, and this is speaking to anybody who's listening. I mean, your fandom is as unique as you are. Mm-hmm. Your fandom is not going to be the same as mine or the same as Dan's or the same as so-and-so on the internet or, or maybe your next door neighbor. It's going to be different. You know, you're going to love things about it because it's Star Trek, but you know, you're, you're going to like it in a little different way. Um, yeah. and, and it's going to be the way that's the most meaningful to you because Star Trek should speak to who you are as a person. Doesn't take anything away, but I'm going to use this as a small example, kind of tongue in cheek, but kind of serious. I love to make fun of the way Neelix looks when he gets his lungs zapped out of his body. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny, and I make the face to you. Some people may find that scene extremely um, troubling, and he's going to suffocate. It doesn't mean that I'm that I'm not a fan of it. I just have that phantom in a different way. It's still just as important to me, and I think that that's a message that doesn't resonate with people these days. Their opinion is the right opinion, and that is not the case. It's never been the case, and it never will be the case when it comes to defining how you are a Star Trek fan, because your Star Trek fan definition is whatever you feel about it, not what somebody else says you need to be. That's it. I mean, that really is as plain and simple as it is. You know, go and love this thing the way you love it, 
because it's automatically right. There is no wrong answer. Mm-hmm. You know, let's yeah. talk about rule two. Rule because two. your 1A, I thought, was a good 1A. Thank you. Rule two, meet Star Trek people. Oh, yeah. Whether that's going to a convention and meeting some of the actors or meeting other Star Trek fans. You know, small cons are a great place to meet other Star Trek fans. You don't have to go to Star Trek Las Vegas. It is a huge expense and we get it, you know. But when we went to Northeast Trek Con in Albany, mm-hmm. I have never felt fandom more energized yeah. Uh, you know, in such a small convention, uh, then, well, it, it was, it was kind of like being at STLV just on a much smaller scale. People were there out of their love for Trek. And that was what made the whole thing so exciting. Absolutely. It's, it's when you're at the smaller conventions, you have that much more intimate time to have discussions with fans and people that are involved in the show. I had a 45 minute conversation with Max Gredenchik. Uh, at at Northeast TrekCon, and it was fantastic, and it was a it was a real conversation. It wasn't a um, oh my god, this is a guy who's been on television, and and I just want to hear all the stories. It was a person to person conversation, and at the same time, you get that with fans. You meet people, and you connect with them as well. One of the things that I find most um, gratifying about being a fan is yes. First time I went to STLV, I'm like, oh my God, all these people, all these, all these actors are going to be, they're going to be able to get autographs and pictures. Now that is a far second to STLV. I go there to hang out with the family members that we've made over the years. That's the number one important thing to me for these conventions. It really is. Um, It's, this is a community. And I think it's taken you and I a few years to realize what this community means to us. Like you mentioned, STLV, you know, it is a Trek family reunion whenever we go there, mm-hmm. you know, getting to meet people in Albany was probably one of the highlights of our, of our fandom. Yeah. You know, it, people say, well, you know, it's a small convention, but yeah, but I met people that I never would have met otherwise. You know, I got to have experiences that I would not have had yeah. had I not gone there. And it just, it was awesome. It really was. I mean, we we talked about Mike and Emily already. We great. Uh, we were able to meet Stephanie uh, in Northeast Trekcon, who uh, was kind of one of the people who put the whole thing together. And she's fantastic. And we have friendships with these new people. We get to meet some new Star Trek people involved in the actual productions, um, which was really great. That we might not be able to have those conversations. Being lucky enough to have our own table in the vendors' room allowed us to really have the time to go and, and, and meet some of these people. And it just, it just gives you a great feeling when, when, when you're able to, to start these new relationships with both um, actors behind the scenes, people, people that were involved in the production and the new fans and the old fans, um, because we did see fans that we have seen in Vegas. They showed up at Northeast TrekCon. We had a great time reuniting with those people instead of just the once a year. So this, when is there any, anything ever really negative to come out of, of going to a convention and, and, and being with these people that you yeah. love to hang out with and talk Trek, except for Jim Morehouse. <laughs> be positive, Dan. <laughs> I'm going to be very positive. And that's the other thing about being positive. I'm going to quote Bill. I'm going to, I'm going to quote one of your all time favorite movies. And that would be Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze. Oh God. Yes. Um, we were doing so well. We were, but one of the things he says in that movie is be nice until it's time to not be nice. And that really has no meaning for Star Trek fans, which is why I brought it up because always be nice. 
never not be nice when it comes to being a Star Trek fan and interacting with other Star Trek fans. There's no reason for not being nice. Well, we're going to get to that rule in a little bit, but let's ah. talk about the next one. <laughs> that was pretty good. Which is uh, watch Trek. You top. know, watch the one you love. You know, I, you know, we're, we're Star Trek fans. We have things we like. We have things that we may not like as much, or we may have things we dislike. You know, I, I'm just finally getting around to watching all of Voyager mm-hmm. and it's taken me, uh, over 20 years Yeah, because it's just not my favorite. It doesn't mean I, I I'm going to crap on it. I may joke about it occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. here on the podcast, but it's Star Trek and it's worth watching. Um, but watch Trek, read Trek have Trek in your life. That's rule number three. That's, and that's probably the easiest rule out of all of them. Um, we talked about a little bit that I, I had in the past read a ton of Star Trek novels. And I think one of the reasons that I did that back in the day is because there was no new Trek out there. So I loved seeing these or reading these new adventures that would be going on and picturing in my mind what was going on with Kirk and Spock and McCoy or, or whatever character might have been focusing on in that particular novel. And then as more of the shows came out and the more the new series were released, you want to keep doing that. You want to see more adventures with the new characters that you've grown to love in all of these different series. So, yes, reading it is very important. Watching it, like you said, Voyager, I've said it a hundred times on this podcast, I'll never – I can never give enough thanks to H&I for having the Star Trek on that they had on back before we moved down to New Hampshire. And I could actually watch H&I uh, because we can't watch it down here because it's not on the cable station, Xfinity. Um, but um, I did a rewatch of Voyager with my wife. I love Voyager now. We joke about it. We always will. We just It's just, it's kind of fun to do that. But you get a better appreciation when you watch these things again. And that's another level of my fandom that I appreciate is things that I might not have liked. You rewatch it because as your rule three is watch Star Trek, you're going to get a new appreciate up uh, uh, second chap. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, move along uh, home, move along home. And, and um, uh, there was a couple other episodes that you said, watch it again and see if you have a better appreciation for it. And I really have. And the same thing can be said of Voyager too. Well, you know, uh, our tastes change over time, you know, whether it's figuratively or literally, I mean, you know, um, and, and if there's a trek out there that maybe you haven't felt as tied to, give it another shot because I mean, I have, and I'm actually really enjoying Voyager, which I never thought I would say in all seriousness. I think it's, I think it's really great. And I'm glad that I'm, I'm getting to watch it with fresh eyes. And in many ways, there are some episodes I've never seen before. So it's like getting new Star Trek. That's cool. That's very cool. I've, I've come across that just a couple of times with enterprise over the last year or two. Mm. And we've watched them that I, I, I may have seen them and just completely forgot about them, or maybe I'd miss them when they were first on, but it is like new star Trek, even though it's a series that's not on anymore. If you haven't seen it, it's new star Trek. Enjoy it. Watch it. So Dan rule four is this wear your fandom on your sleeve, either figuratively or literally. Like what do you think? That. I love that. And I do that proudly every single day. I talked about how back in the day when I was in my teens and twenties, I didn't do that. And I wish nope. I had mm-hmm. because it's something that you should be proud to love and you should be proud to talk about. And you and I wear it on our sleeve every day and we'll forever wear it because of the tattoos we have and other people have gotten tattoos and they show the love. What more can show your love for something than by having it permanently etched into your skin to show the world. And I think that that's 
that's just something I'm so happy I did and will always be happy I did. And there's no reason to not wear your fandom on your sleeve. Tell it could the be, world. It could be a fan sets pin. It could mm-hmm. be a t-shirt. It could be a hat. It could be anything, anything. You know, it could be a watch. It could be some piece of jewelry. Just it, if it, if you like it and it's part of your fandom, then wear it proudly and enjoy it because that's why it's there. Here's something a little funny that uh, my wife just told me yesterday. Uh, she was at the gym that we go to and she was uh, doing her workout and everything. And one of the trainers came over to her, Matt, who of course, you know, yeah, yeah. and looked at her and said, he, he goes, do you have any other shirts that you wear to the gym other than Star Trek? Because of course I get her all kinds of Star Trek shirts. She looked at him and smiled and went, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> wear your fandom. Absolutely. Rule five. And this is one you've touched on briefly. Share the positive, you know, what builds other people up and what really helps other fans. Because I mean, I love it when people talk about Star Trek positively because it bolsters my fandom mm-hmm. is sharing what they love about Star Trek. You know, maybe I'll think about it in a different way. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe it's something that I like the same way they like it. You know, we develop, a, you know, a, we realize we have something in common, but share the positive because that's what fuels Star Trek and fans. Here's another way that I look at that because I agree with you 100%. But there are going to be times we've done it on this show, we've done it on Discovering Trek, where there might be aspects of a series or an episode or a character that we might not like as much as the rest of the thing. That doesn't mean you can't say you didn't like something, right? But do it positively. So take that, share the positive, and turn something that you're talking about that may not be something you appreciate or like, but be positive about it. There's nothing more, there's nothing that I will stop reading faster than a negative comment that just is being somebody being a troll. That doesn't accomplish anything. If you can have a positive dialogue with someone about something that you may not like in a particular episode or a character development, it's going to be better talking about it positively because as you just said, Talking about it in that as- in that way can make you have a new appreciation and understanding for where that person's coming from instead of just shutting them out because they're being a jerk. Well, and this takes us right into rule number six, which is don't blow out someone else's candle. You know, I think back to, you know, those times when, in 1987 and 88 when I would crap on Next Generation mm-hmm. and that was wrong of me to do. Yeah. And I know now that you know, that's somebody else's fandom. If they love next gen, then more power to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I I was late to the game. You know, I I eventually loved next gen by season four, but still it was not my responsibility to do that. But there's no need to crap on someone else's favorite thing about Star Trek because it's theirs. And it's unfortunate. And we're not going to talk about negative stuff, but it's unfortunate that we're seeing that now today, 2019, than we ever have seen before in the last 53 years. The the way that people are blowing out that candle, so to speak, for people that love Discovery just really gets under my skin. Um, we both love Discovery. We talk positively about it. We can have discussions about something that we may not have liked that took place in season one or season two of Discovery, but it's still positive. Mm-hmm. And seeing all of the things that we see, and uh, the example with, with Johnny Stagg's friend, it just, it, it, it really, it's hard to not get pissed off about it. I try not to because you want to stay positive. Like you said, there's no reason for people to do that other than trying to purposely insult somebody and, and make them feel 
terrible. And I, I, that's just something I won't, I won't do. I won't succumb to it. I won't listen to it. I won't be part of it. You know, it's like you're in my head. You have not seen this list that I have. So you have no idea that rule number seven <laughs> is ignore the haters. <laughs> I've not seen the list. It's, uh, I'm actually writing them down as you're giving them to me. And that's because they, they don't matter. You know, if, if you see them on social media, do yourself a favor, mute them because they're not there for anyone but themselves. You know, they may like Star Trek and that's fine, but they like a little portion of Star Trek and they won't admit to anything else that's come afterwards mm -hmm. because it doesn't fit their view of what Star Trek should be. Right. And they, they're welcome to their opinion. They're welcome to have their thing their way, but you know, maximize your own fandom, you know, share your love of Star Trek and ignore the people that tell you how to love it because it's meaningless. And here's the other thing that I would say for any of those people that are concerned about the, the, the haters that are online and, and saying the things that they're saying, remember this, they are a minuscule percentage. When you look at the amount of Star Trek fans that are out there that love the show and don't have to resort to hatefulness and insults to get a message across. They're a tiny, tiny minority and should be ignored as such. Well, and that takes us to the last rule, rule eight. And it's the same as rule one, love Star Trek your way. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's the perfect bookend to this whole discussion. You know, uh, being a Star Trek fan means whatever you think it should mean, you know, however you decide to celebrate your fandom, because it is a celebration, you know, it's a celebration of you. It's a celebration of Star Trek. It's a celebration of everybody who's ever worked on it, either in front of the camera or behind the scenes. It's a celebration of this, this wonderful, magical thing that binds us all together as humans um, and as a fandom and love that and celebrate that. That's what being a Star Trek fan really is. This, this show has been around longer than you and I have been alive. It's been around for 53 years. We're coming up on the big five Oh, and it's going to keep going because of rules like yours and messages that we're trying to bring across here in this episode of Trek Geeks. The positivity will always outlast the negativity. And as long as there are millions of fans, which I believe there always will be, that are talking about the positive aspects of why they're a fan and why they love the show so much, it will continue for another 53 plus years long after we're gone. Because I got to say it, you know, everybody says it about their own specific genre. Star Trek fans are the best fans in the world. They are, they are understanding. They are, um, except for these haters that we're talking about, they're inclusive of everybody and they listen to what you have to say. And that's something that I've learned while when at places like Vegas and in places like Northeast TrekCon and the other small conventions that I've been to in my life. And that's something that you don't see everywhere else. You know, you see some certain genres say, Oh, this is this, and this is this, and this is the way it's going to be. And I won't say genres. Or, or other types of franchises, but you don't really see that with true Star Trek fans who love Star Trek for what it is, not for what they think they should be telling you it is. Well, um, coming up, we're going to have uh, some help on this topic. But Dan, in the meantime, let's talk about, speaking of fans, let's talk about fan sets. Ooh, I would love to talk it's about The topic that. I know you love yeah. and is near and dear to your heart as it is mine. 
It is. Uh, we're, we're taking the time during the show to talk about our, our dear friends of fan sets now. And each week it seems we have new pins to talk about, which is always cool. One of the things that I love most about fan sets, Bill, is the fact that they keep new products coming. My wallet may not like it, but I like it. I like it a lot. And I'm especially happy this month because in April, in addition to Enterprise's own Dr. Flocks, which is available right now as we record this on April 1st, 2019, it's no April Fool's joke. It's not a joke. It's available right now. Later on this month, the man who literally saved my life in Star Trek will finally be forever enshrined as a fansets pin, and that is Miles Edward O'Brien, available on April 15th. And I am... I am getting that bad boy that morning. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting for that pin for a long time and uh, we've seen it and it is absolutely perfect. Um, I, I I can't wait for you to have that one because I know you're going to wear it, you know, um, just all the time because you wear your fan set pins often. Yes. You know what else is perfect though? What's what's that? Besides this, you? Uh, besides my face. There you go. <laughs> this week's Trek Geeks discount code. So once you're done filling up your cart with all kinds of cool pins and pin accessories, go to click the checkout button and enter the word control at checkout. That's C-O-N-T-R-O-L, all capital letters. Use that code when you're going to get 15% off your entire order. Woo, that guy. I, I love, love the sound of that. I love I, it. I love giving discounts on fan set stuff. It's one of the perks of this job. <laughs> so this code is going to be available to use until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Sunday, April 7th, 2019. Just awesome. Fansets. We are Star Trek, and we thank our friends at Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode. So not long ago, like just a couple of days ago. Just right on that back. We put out the call on Camp Kittimer to help us with this topic. And we asked people to tell us what their Star Trek fandom means or what Star Trek means to them, however they wanted to answer the question. And we got, we got more than a few responses. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. And, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be very honest with you, Bill. I have not listened to all of them because I want to listen to them when I listen to this episode so I can be as surprised, proud, happy as everybody else who's listening to it in their earbuds or in their car whenever they're downloading the episode. So I've not listened to all of them, but what's cool is we decided that instead of us just telling the listeners what people may have said when they got in touch with us, based on what you put out on social media, we said, nah, we're going to let people, we're going to let people hear it in other people's own words. So we got a whole bunch of recordings that we are going to play here about what it means to our listeners on how to be a Star Trek fan. Hello there, this is David Hood, and I'm a Trek fan from North Carolina. You want to know why I'm a fan of Trek? Because it tells us intriguing stories using and uh, exhibiting compelling characters, and I think more importantly portrays an undeniable truth about human society. As fun as dystopian fiction can be, that is not the future that awaits us. That future will involve technological innovation, societal advancement, and expansion of our horizons and our vision for a life well-lived and what that means. And that is why I'm a Trek fan. Keep up the good work, y'all. See you later. This is Luke from Star Trek is the greatest fandom in the universe. We're proud to be a part of it. And we're proud to support the Trek geeks in their quest to bring Star Trek 
to the Alpha Quadrant. Long live Star Trek, long live its fans, and live long and prosper. We are Star Trek. Hey, Bill. Hey, Dan, my favorite Trek geeks. It's your favorite Trek expert, Keith M. Cedor, from the Trek Experts Roundtable. I was thinking the same thing not too long ago about why I love Star Trek. And it's a multifaceted answer, but I'll give you a couple of quick bullet points. I remember I was about four years old, and my dad was watching, which was actually the very first aired episode of The Man Trap, and I had zero desire to watch this show. But then I saw them beam up, and at four years old, that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And what's cool about Star Trek is that my understanding of it and my appreciation of it has evolved over time, much the way the show itself has evolved over time. And as I got older, I began to see that the stories were allegorical and they were morality tales. And they were things that really made you think. And that's why you get little books and posters, all I really needed to know I learned from Star Trek. And the fundamental difference that I see, I mean, you see a lot of Star Wars fans out there, and Star Wars seems so much more ensconced in the popular culture. But I think it's because Star Wars is science fantasy. You know, it's a long time ago, a galaxy far, far away. It's the classic tale of good versus evil. Whereas Star Trek is about the hope for mankind. It's us from Earth in the future where we've eradicated things like war and poverty and, you know, just selfishness and greed. And we aspire to be better as people. But to distill it down to a couple of basic concepts, I think it's about hope and accomplishment. There's always hope that things will become better, that we will be able to accomplish better things. And I think Star Trek does just that. It's about exploring where we are, where we're going, and what we can be. That's it. Hi, this is Scott from New Hampshire. The question, how to be a Star Trek fan, for me, is a lot like asking how to be a Buddhist. Just let go. Be in the moment with the whole experience of Trek. Accept it as it comes. It's that easy. I love Trek because, for me, it has always been a message of hope for a better future for everyone. Star Trek is inclusive, not exclusive. The central theme of all things Trek is accepting that diversity is strength. We see and hear this message in every episode in every Trek series. Nothing in life is perfect, and few things will meet all of our expectations. So I have to ask the folks who are gatekeeping, would you rather have some Trek or no Trek? For me, the answer is simple. Give me all the Trek I can get and leave the judgment at the door. Thanks for letting me share my thoughts. Live long and prosper, everyone. Hi, guys. This is a message for the Trek geeks. This is Nick, a long-time fan and a first-time caller. And uh, answering for the... Uh, called to talk about Star Trek and the meaning of Star Trek in our lives. I have uh, um, been a Star Trek fan since I was a little kid when TOS was in reruns uh, in the mid-70s. At the time, my 
parents and I lived in Africa. And then I became a fan of TNG when it first came on the air. And at the time, we had moved to Europe, and I lived in France. Um, I became a fan of Voyager when it premiered right when I had um, moved to California to go to college and um, rediscovered Enterprise uh, maybe six or seven years ago and uh, was a fan all over then and I'm now a big fan of Discovery. So you already have a journey of Star Trek through a whole life and several continents which shows you how wide um, Star Trek spans and how far it reaches. And uh, just to give you a little bit of context to show the meaning and the importance of Star Trek, when I was five, six years old and first discovered it, it was how I first bonded with my dad. He would watch it on the weekends. We would get our breakfast cereal and go upstairs. They had a my parents had a little TV in their bedroom, and we would sit on the edge of the bed and watch TOS together. Those are some of my first, earliest, and most formative memories. So when I um, when I discovered TNG it was in 1987. Uh, I lived in France. We had moved to Europe. It was very new for me. I was starting high school. I was kind of a shy kid. Had a tough time. And uh, uh, TNG was my escape, my safe, my safe place, my home, uh, my family away from family. When I rediscovered uh, Enterprise, was after I had gotten laid off and had lost my wife to illness, and was going through a very tough time again. And um, by happenstance, rediscovered Enterprise, which I had watched and, and enjoyed, but again, uh, had a home away from home, that's that same familiar feeling of, uh, of a place that I could seek refuge from the hardships of daily life, uh, and, uh, and have been happy to discover Star Trek again through discovery with my son and now have that sort of cycle be complete and back to square one, literally through the show which takes place around the same time as the one that I discovered with my father. So it shows you how important Star Trek is and how all of it is Star Trek and the meaning that it can have in a person's life and how it can affect, uh, as you both know, their personal life at many stages in many different but no less important ways. Anyway, love you guys, love the show, happy to contribute uh, in any small part I can, and uh, looking forward to listening to lots more from the... Hello, this is Matthew from Alberta, Canada. I'm a Star Trek fan because I grew up with it. That used to be our Tuesday night, sitting in front of... Uh, the TV with dinner with my entire family. It used to be great quality family time. Um, being a fan means liking Star Trek. Gatekeepers shouldn't be intimidating anybody because, as we all know, it's some Star or bad Star Trek is better than no Star Trek. Now, having said that, I don't think that Discovery is bad in any way. 
I understand how some people can think that way, but at the same time, it's if you love Star Trek, you love Star Trek for Star Trek, and there shouldn't be anything out there that changes your mind on that. Thank you to Bill and Dan. It's a great show. I love listening, and I uh, look forward to the next episode. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hi, Bill and Dan. Brenda Handum here. And I have been a Trek fan since 1966 when I was 12 years old. I love Trek, period. Love Discovery. You know, it's it's just a show that gives us hope. And all of Trek gives us hope that things will always get better. We come through adversity and we come out on top. It's a place where everyone knows how to read and no one goes hungry. So what could be better? As for gatekeepers, yeah, they get kind of tiresome and old after a while, telling you what you should and shouldn't like. And at my age, I don't tolerate anybody telling me what I should and shouldn't like. So let me just say, I love your show, love Trek, and I try to avoid gatekeepers at all costs. And they need to learn to respect other people's boundaries. They, if you don't like a show, you don't have to complain about it. Period. Hi, Dan. Hi, Bill. My name is Daniel. I'm from Brazil. Um, I like Star Trek because it's the kind of future that I want for my daughter. It's a positive view. And this is what I wish to, to the humankind. All the best. Hi, Bill and Dan. This is Debbie. Um... I love Trek because it's a hopeful message for the future. No, not every single episode and every single day is hopeful, but it doesn't matter. Overall, it's about the characters and it's about their relationships. And it's not Alien of the Week or Destruction of Earth or any of those things. I have loved this show since 1966. I will never not love this show and it doesn't matter what any of the haters say. My dad and I used to watch it together. My son has been watching it since he was born and perhaps a few months before. We are a Star Trek family. I've been a Star Trek fan for as long as I can remember. I grew up watching Star Trek with my grandfather after school in between reruns of MASH and Three's Company. My first memory of Star Trek at the movie theater was the search for Spock with my dad, my brother, and my grandfather. Um, my one and only con experience uh, was uh, shortly after the premiere of The Next Generation at the Altamont Hilton in Orlando. And seeing a guy in a Kirk tunic berate a guy in a Picard uniform saying that The Next Generation would never be Star Trek. This has happened with every incarnation of Trek since Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, the J.J. films. There is this um, sort of sense of fan entitlement where people think they own the franchise, and they don't. The fact is, with over with seven series now and 13 films, Star Trek is many things, and many things to many people. And if you're going to... Uh, celebrate Star Trek, then you have to celebrate infinite diversity and infinite combinations. And you have to accept that just because there's something or there's Star Trek out there that you don't necessarily like, it doesn't make it someone else less 
just because they like it. There are two series I really don't like and one feature film I really don't like, but people like it, and that's good on them. Star Trek for me was always time with my dad because I grew up watching the original series in syndication with him. And then when Next Generation came on, it was it felt like it was a Star Trek for me because it was just so different from the original series, but it had so many of the same themes of acceptance and and hope for a better tomorrow. And then watching all of the pictures and I only got to see one or two of them in the theater and just what an experience because seeing anything on the big screen was awesome (laughs) for me because we didn't do movies very often. And, and even now, whenever I'm having a down day or a bad day, I'll pop in the motion picture and just start going through them all and seeing the, the strength of the friendship that grew out of the original series for so many years. And, it's just uplifting for me and I love it and memories of watching him with my dad. And it's other than James Bond, that's one of the few things that dad and I both really sit down and enjoy watching together. And, and um, I'm slowly starting to get into deep space nine and I've enjoyed the handful of episodes of Voyager that I've seen, but there's just so many different things with star Trek in the universe. There's something for everyone there. And I just love that so much. Hey Trek Geeks, John Krikorian here, and I'm going to share my thoughts on what it means to be a Star Trek fan. I've been in the fandom for a long time. I've talked to lots of fans and lots of different venues and lots of lots of different kinds of fans, actually. And the one thing I would say that all fans really have to have in common is that you have to believe at a fundamental level that humanity's best days are in front of us and not behind us. And I realize that's out of favor a lot. With people these days, uh, we're supposed to believe that, that the end is nigh and that everything is going right to heck in a handbasket. But I, I really do believe that that's the core of Star Trek fandom is an optimism in humanity. And you can quibble with whether or not the future is going to look like the Federation and whether or not we're going to have warp drives and sensors and all those things. But that we're all going to, at some point, work together to have a much better future than our past, I think is the very core of Star Trek fandom. So that's my thought on the subject, and I look forward to hearing what everyone else has to say. Live long and prosper, my friends. Hi, Bill, Dan. This is Johnny Staggs. I was just calling in response to what is it makes a Star Trek fan. And to me, the number one thing is respect. Uh, One thing Star Trek taught me coming from a small southern town is about respecting one another. And I saw a bunch of hatred growing up, and... It never felt right to me, and getting into Star Trek when I was 13 years old really showed me the respect each one another has for each other, regardless of any differences they may have with one another. And to me, that's the number one thing. And I've, um, one thing that I've really gotten in the last three years of my life is seeing the respect on a wider scale. I've always been the only real Trekkie in my little circle of friends. I mean, there's been some people, but being on Twitter, seeing other people, I can just see how the Trekkies come together, respect one another. Even if you don't agree on something, you can always show the respect towards one another. Hi, it's Comrade here in the UK, way across the pond. Why am I a Trek fan? Well, I love the technology. I love the spaceships. I love the vision of the future, but most of all, 
I love the fact that Trek shows us an optimistic future where what you look like, what you believe in, does not matter. It's about respect and it's about that infinite diversity in infinite combinations. Because there is so much hate that goes on in the world, even now, 50 years after Trek premiered, and we we still seem to be in the same place, or even worse, because of social media, because of just the rise of news always being presented in a bad way. If you're a gatekeeper in Star Trek and you have a go at someone on Twitter because they don't agree with you over a show or they have a favourite character that you don't like, in my mind, if that's how you act, you do not deserve to be a fan of Star Trek because, frankly, you just don't get what it's about. Anyway, love the podcast. Really great show. Always makes me smile. Take care, guys. So I have been a Star Trek fan for quite some time. Okay, maybe a medium amount of time. I fell in love with Star Trek Voyager, which I realize is not a very popular one. But it opened the door for me to embrace the others. And I think part of being a Star Trek fan is even if you haven't seen an episode or a season or a series being excited to embrace it with a passion. Um, so I've, I've absolutely loved Star Trek. I love how the science just opens up so many ideas that you wouldn't normally have. And the fact that we all get to come together and embrace different types of technology or talk techno babble to each other or just love the techno babble that we hear. Um, where else can you do that? So anyone could be a Star Trek fan. I mean, even if you don't know it, being willing to embrace it is where the passion lies. That's where the, the basis of being a Star Trek fan is. Hi, Bill and Dan. Rick Tatro here. Just wanted to chime in on your uh, how to be a Star Trek fan uh, question. I've been a Star Trek fan my entire life. I literally cannot remember a time when I didn't know about Star Trek. And uh, it got me through a lot of hard times as a kid, multiple divorces by both parents, uh, being a nerdy, introverted, chubby, bullied uh, nerd uh, (laughs) in school. You know, all the stuff most of us have been through. Um, But Star Trek gave me my moral compass. It taught me the importance of loyalty, responsibility, courage, honesty, and why you don't try to do a flying dropkick to a giant lizard man. So very important lessons. Um, I actually found a lot of the things I learned from watching Star Trek have had great meaning and purpose in later life. uh, And I wouldn't have it any other way. Star Trek Being a Star Trek fan, I think, almost automatically makes you a better person. It teaches you to uh, acknowledge the other and realize that everybody is the other to someone else. And so if we can accept that the ravenous rock monster is actually a mother uh, guarding her young, maybe we can accept that the guy on the other side of the parking lot maybe is just having a really bad day and uh, maybe we should cut him some slack. So uh, thank you guys for doing this. Y'all are wonderful as always. Trek Geeks is awesome and uh, live long and prosper. Hello, Trek Geek fans. This is Steve Folks here. I'll keep this as short as possible. 
the, 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 the worst part about this whole toxic fandom that we've fallen into is the fact that uh, Star Trek and many other fandoms like Star Wars and, you know, Doctor Who, things like this, they were our go-to place. They were the place, they were our safe place. When I was growing up, and I'm, I'm by no means an old man or anything, but when I was growing up, you know, being a Star Trek fan or a Star Wars fan wasn't something you really shouted from the rooftops. You know, it was something that, you know, yeah, you would get made fun of for it. And so you, you always had that, that, you know, community mentality where, you know, yeah, real life, you know, would kick you in the shins, but, you know, you would have your community of family that you can call home, where you can relax with, you know, being a Star Trek fan with others, with other fans. And now that, that, that sense of community and family has just, you know, been shattered. And, and I don't even limit that just to Star Trek. The same thing we're seeing in Star Wars and, and Doctor Who and these other fandoms, everything is so divided, so, so, so divisive, you know, it's really, it's really, really sickening. Um, and it doesn't need to be. The people who want to safeguard this stuff are doing more harm to the community than good. Hi, Bill and Dan. This is Tom Durr from Houston. The question as to why you're a Trek fan has to go back to my childhood. I was 10 years old when Star Trek premiered, and I was hooked from the beginning. Along with that was a space program in full swing to put a man on the moon. Of course, back then, my heroes were the Apollo astronauts, along with Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, and Dr. McCoy. It was a great time to be a kid. But what kept my interest as an adult were the characters, stories, and possibilities, most of which wrapped around the bridge crew. But the biggest character, to me, was the icon of Star Trek, the Enterprise herself. I think what this means as a Star Trek fan is that we all share the same vision. Whether your interest is in the celebrities who play the parts, the technology that keeps it plausible, the model making and filmmaking that makes it visually stunning, it's all tied together. Every fan appreciates a piece of it. And thanks to podcasts like Trek Geeks, we have a chance to share our interest with like-minded fans and coconuts. So I thought about this for a little while. You know, if you like anything that's Star Trek, you're a Trek fan. And there will always be gatekeepers and there will always be people that will try and take pleasure in crapping on anything that you like. But you know what? There are a lot more people out there that like what you like. Connect with those people. Don't engage the people that are trying to drag you down or make you uncomfortable or make you upset. Why? Because that's going to give them pleasure. Anybody that likes Star Trek is all right in my book. Unless they're going to be a gatekeeper, hurt other people with their thoughts, and... and voicing their negative opinions about other people. Either way, like what you like. Connect with other people that like what you like. Overall, the Star Trek fan community is a pretty accepting bunch. And that's pretty cool. Anyway, I hope that helps some people out there.
You have a good day, everybody. To me, being a Trek fan is that there's room for everybody. Trek isn't just for the people who know the name of every single episode or have been to Star Trek Las Vegas 17 times. Um, it's accessible. It's available. Everybody can be a Trek fan if they want to be. Just because they're not watching the latest episode of Discovery or don't know the really obscure reference in that one episode that one time doesn't mean that they're any less of a Trek fan. And people who try to close doors on people who maybe don't have those types of experiences or people who feel superior in their, their Trek knowledge and, and try to keep people out just really are not, not fair to people who are wanting to be a part of that community. And I think that I've met some of the greatest people I know uh, just recently through being involved with different Trek events and not knowing them would be really disappointing. And I'm really lucky to have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I guess um, that's really what means the most to me about being a Trek fan. Hello, this is Leonel Marchand, and I became a Star Trek fan at a very young age. I became a fan for three simple reasons. It's stories, it's characters, and it's lessons. All of this pulled me in at a very young age. My biggest takeaways from Star Trek, I learned about feelings of loyalty and friendship. It cultivated a love for technology and gadgets. It taught me to value diversity and to keep an open mind. Star Trek will never be just a show to me for these reasons. Hey guys, this is Matt from New Hampshire. Thanks for the opportunity to share my feelings about my Star Trek fandom. I am a Star Trek fan. I love Star Trek, and I love the people in and around the Star Trek universe. Actors, writers, directors, visual effects creators, orchestrators, and fans. Being a Star Trek fan is the best. Who wouldn't want to be surrounded by the incredible positive energy that inherently comes with Star Trek fandom? Sure, we all love to compare notes on which ship we like best, which captain best rose to the challenges placed before them, which storylines are most engaging, which movie is better than another. That's a part of being a Star Trek fan. That said, we are in this together. Our love for the franchise binds us together, and we know it. It is altogether comforting and invigorating. I think we can all be better stewards of this amazing universe with indelible characters, incredible storylines, and a gift for providing us years of fantastic entertainment. Being a better steward doesn't mean telling other fans how they should think or feel about a series or a group of writers or a uniform style. It does us no good to question why another fan hates Janeway or thinks that our discovery's Christopher Pike is too tall or too old or too witty. Take Anthony Rapp's advice. If you don't like it, move on to something else. There's plenty of other entertainment out there. I have so appreciated the opportunity to meet such fantastic, unique, awesome fan people at STLV. Being a Star Trek fan means so much to me. And just hearing them and hearing their stories have made me a better fan. I have had the incredible privilege of telling my heroes this to their face, whether it be to the legend I looked up to as a boy in Captain Kirk, 
my college idol William Riker, or my new Star Trek inspiration Paul Stamets. Thanks, guys, for all you do for Star Trek, and for the continued inspiration you provide to my individual fandom. Oh yeah, and Bill, your face. Hey everyone, it's Casey. And thinking about being a Star Trek fan and gatekeepers, I think for all of us who are fans, there's something special that we find in each different iteration of Star Trek that resonates and is special for us. So thinking about it, just I kind of go, like what you like in Star Trek, dislike what you dislike in Star Trek, but then be respectful of what other people like and dislike. doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but that we can all just realize that Star Trek is different for each person and special for each person. And it may be in a, in a way that we think is crazy or silly or stupid, but there may be something that we love in Star Trek that other people think is crazy and silly and stupid. So, getting to the point, enjoy what you enjoy, what other people enjoy what they enjoy, because it's not hurting anybody. And for the gatekeepers, honestly, get a life. Thanks. Bye. Well, first, we have to thank everybody that sent us a voicemail. Um, that was a lot of voicemail. I was so excited to get each and every one of them and to listen to it. And uh, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for sharing your stories about Star Trek. And um, thank you all for being a part of Camp Kittimer. Um, it's, you make Camp, Camp Kittimer and fandom a fantastic place, every single one of you. I, I got to say, I am honestly humbled by a response like this. Every week on Discovering Trek, I, I end the show by saying we thank everyone for taking time out of their busy schedules to listen to us two whack jobs. But when when we do this, you said it in the post, it's got to be a quick turnaround, folks. Here's what we would like you to do. And to get the response that we did, I, I just I just can't even believe it. And, it, and, and it makes me want to tear up because it means a lot that people will help us in something as important as this and get the number of responses that we did. So thank you. Thank you very much, everyone. And for those of you listening to it, you know, we hope that we hope that it's helped you and your fandom, you know, um, we've talked about how to be a Star Trek fan and really the, the, the object lesson of this episode is just love Star Trek. And we hope each and every one of you does that every single day, because I know we do. Speaking of things we love, Dan, let's talk about five year mission. We love those guys. Speaking of whack jobs, <laughs> <laughs> did i say that out loud written out all right well not fark he's not a, he's not a whack job i love fark farky um we are so grateful to them to use their music every single episode of trek geeks um it's just it, it's something that works it's something that's worked since day one and it is a vital part of this podcast as much as you and i are so i want everyone to head out to fiveyearmission.net go download every single one of their albums because you are seriously going to become a big fan we've been talking about how to be a star trek fan mm. you should add listening to five-year mission to that list because their songs are fantastic how to be a five-year mission fan is real easy just listen to the songs because then you're going to be one and you're going to always be one because fact good absolutely fact. You know, what's interesting, Bill, is um, over the past week on Twitter, we've been talking about Twitter a little bit tonight, we've seen this thing called the Enterprise Theme Challenge that's been trending. And, you know, it really got me thinking. 
I'm sure that five-year mission clawed and scratched their way to the top. It was a long road getting from there to here. Oh, my say. God. Oh, my you know, God. They, oh, no, come on now. They were worth the wait. I, I always knew they, that they could do it. And uh, I guess you could say, um, I've got faith of the FARC. Going where those drums will take me. I can reach any star. I've got faith. I've got faith. Faith of the FARC. Yeah. If I were in a car right now, I'd be driving into a bridge abutment. <laughs> my crickets because <laughs> shutting off uh, sh- shutting off the car radio just wouldn't be enough yeah, I, 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 see he he brings me to 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 want to be one of song and maybe help him on a track when year five comes out <laughs> that's five year mission.net download all their albums please before dan starts singing again but at least this time you're not singing a five year mission song so you're not going to get sued no lawsuit so uh <laughs> <laughs> please uh, don't forget you can support the Trek Geeks Network podcast by subscribing to bonus content via Patreon get access to our carpool conversations videos and other exclusive content see the first of our brand new gorgeous annual supporters pins from fan sets God, I, I have mine in my cubicle at work and I love it and I, I designed the thing and that's how much I love it Dan's holding one up in front of the camera right there and I'm like yeah, I made that uh, and of course check out our exclusive Podfleet t-shirt along with so many other perks Dan a lot of perks um, but we would like to take a moment to thank our associate producers for Trek Geeks. Uh, we are just so grateful for their support. And like I said, the list keeps growing, dude. It's, it's like, wow. So thank you so much to Adam Sanders, Brandon Everidge, Heather Sohn, John Krikorian, Peter Craig, Rick Tatro, Trey Womack, Shane Murray, Sean Lynn, Tim Robertson, Tim Serdar, Vikram Bhatt, Greg Rozier, and Andy Fark. That's, that's wow. That's awesome. I love that Fark's an associate producer now. We also want to thank the producers of the Trek Geeks podcast for their support. They are Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Harry Michelson, Norman Lau, Patrick Esquadero, Sean O'Halloran, and of course, the lovely and talented Scott Vashon. If you'd like to become a producer on the network or even get access to the raw audio for Trek Geek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash Trek Geeks. Dan, next week, we're going to head back to the original series to discuss at length an episode to be considered by many as one of the best. I love deep diving into original series episodes. They are so fun. I agree with you, Bill. It's a perfect example of what Star Trek was all about back in the 60s, facing the unknown, seeking out new life forms. And this was certainly one of the best. But I got to say, man, poor Schmitter. I mean, he was <laughs> he was burned to a crisp. So, so next week, we're going to deep dive into the TOS classic, Devil in the Dark. And it'll happen right here on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the Trek Geeks podcast network. God, flagship sounds so sounds so important. You yeah. know, we have a flagship. <laughs> I'm gonna wave my flag. <laughs> I make things go. <laughs> I am smart. 
Um, <laughs> Dan, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to head out and check out. They try. I can't even say the words. I'm still uh, crushing on being smart for once. Flagship. Uh, <laughs> flagship. <laughs> check out the Tricorder Transmissions online at the Tricorder Transmissions. Dot com. So many podcasts, man. I mean, something for everybody. Mm. Uh, some of my favorite podcasts are over on Tricorder, and some of yours, no doubt, will be too. And of course, our friends at treknews.net, where you can find all the news on all the Star Trek show. Uh, for, for now, I'm still recovering from, from being a, a flagship. <laughs> I'm a flagship. Flagship. Hashtag, I'm a flagship. That's a hashtag. Uh, for. for <laughs> I can't even say the word. <laughs> Live long and prosper. Coconut. Bye. Oh, you really did it. I hate I re- you. <laughs> I knew uh, it. I told you. you were <laughs> Coconuts are not dangerous. <laughs> Flagship. Flagship. Coconut. Chip. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and DiscoveringTrek.com. Bing bong! Hi! Hi! Bing bong! Bing to the bong to the B-O-N-G, yo. Ba-da-ba-boom-boom. Boom. <laughs> this, this, like, this is like Howard Wallowitz trying to rap. Just please oh, don't. God, don't. No, don't do it. No. So, okay. I won't. Although, I think you could get away with like a, a belt buckle collection like he has. Podcaster Bill was at the mic. Uh-uh. uh You should stick to your Michael Jackson impersonation. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! Where are we going with this? <laughs> wow! <laughs> Sorry. So I am sitting here, comfortably ensconced. Oh man! In my new Star Trek gaming chair. Mm-hmm. Um, and it uh, it's delightful. The I lumbar see- support is wonderful. I can see the trek. Behind you when you're leaning forward. Oh, yeah, that's on the yeah, pillow. Adjust, adjust the pillow. There you go. Nice, nice. I had to adjust the pillow. Yeah, I mean, come on. Just want to show um, off. Yeah, but this is like the captain's chair. It's got a nice high back. I get the armrests here. Welcome aboard, Captain. This is the new uh, Trek Geeks command chair. It's a chair you will never sit in. I I am okay with that. Engage. That looked nothing like the captain's chair in, in Enterprise D. I don't but, care what you think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually it is quite nice. Did it take you this long to get it up to the to the recording studio? Um, I had to fix the hydraulic. Oh, um, because it wasn't it wasn't catching, and there's just more room to do that in the living room. So I had to flip the chair over, and then um, I had to, the the lever that you slide on to the um, uh, the, the manipulator for the hydraulic. Mm. You know, there's this sort of paddle that you slide on so that you can raise it up and down, mm. and. Uh, it wasn't connected. It wasn't hitting it the right way. So I had to actually use some pliers. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you asked and I told you. I didn't the say chair it. works now and you don't have one. <laughs> That's a good point. So good bite point. me. So I was, I was, your, your, your engineering terms were riveting. 
There was a paddle thing that had to go in the manipulator for the hydraulics. Do I build chairs for a living? <laughs> yeah, why don't you regale me, Geppetto? Why don't you I, build something? I would never attempt to because I'm not that smart. These days you'll turn into a real boy. My <laughs> goodness gracious. What a vitriol in your voice tonight. That's because I have a captain's chair. <laughs> Almost, almost had water all over my monitor just now. As I drink my Hint Honey Crisp Apple, new from Hint Water. Drinkhint.com. Yeah, let's not let's do spots for companies that aren't giving us money. <laughs> that woman who who runs Hint, uh, who is already a multimillionaire, has enough money. She doesn't need our free, free plugs. We may not get money from them, but I get refreshment. Yeah, I get refreshment from plain old water out the dispenser on my fridge, um, and it's delightful. This <laughs> this bottle of water brought to you by Bill's Fridge, serving fine water since 2007. And it's in a very nice uh, container, I see. It is. It's my uh, my healthy human reusable water mug with my Trek Geeks decal on the front. I don't care about the mug. I was just talking about the logo. I don't care what you don't care about. Okay, so speaking of logos, I got a story for you. Yeah, I can't wait for this. Oh, Regale me. So as you saw, I got a, I got a, I got a new Trek Geeks uh, trailer hitch cover for my truck. Mm, okay, great. And my uh, family was over over the weekend, and I brought my brother-in-law in the garage to show it to him. And and I go, hey, check it out. I got I got a new one. I got it's a, it looks pretty good, doesn't? It? And he just kind of puts his arm around me and says, yeah, that's uh, that's great. I said, hey, would you like one? And he goes, he turns and his car's right there. He goes, ah. I don't have a, a, a trailer hitch on my car. I said, that's okay. Would you like a sticker for your window? And he goes, oh, ah, yeah, I don't have a window. <laughs> I was like, he also doesn't have a brain. You're a jerk. And I walked away from him. <laughs> he also doesn't have a brain. Oh, I just hit the mic with my fist. I'm sorry. I heard that. That's uh, that, that. kind of resounded in my ears. Good. I can't wait to leave that in the outtake. That's going to be phenomenal. Good. All the people, this- people know I'm trying to punch you through the ether. What that doesn't even make sense. I don't How do you know. punch someone through ether? I don't. I don't know. Isn't ether the stuff that you knock somebody unconscious with? Uh, in a, oh, a Looney Tunes, yeah, in a Looney Tunes cartoon, sure. Let's <laughs> chloroform. Maybe in 1935. <laughs> Is this really? <laughs> you're having a coughing fit, aren't you? That's awesome. Dan's dying. Oh, oh wow! It's 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 the day I've always waited for on Trek Geeks. It's only taken 173 episodes. This well, is episode 173, right? It's 173, so it's only taken 172 episodes because we haven't recorded this one yet, dummy. Uh, we're recording it right now. No, this is the Ass. outtake. It's the outtake. Moron. Yeah, it's still going to be part of the episode, it's isn't it? It's not complete yet, so we have not done 173. We have not we've, completed 173. We've actually done more than 173 recordings. No. Count the supplementals there, Chief. I, I do count the supplementals. You always talk about... See, I can't even say it. That's because that's the sound of you backpedaling. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Here we go again. Oh, it's going to be a good one. How to be a Star Trek fan. Yell at Dan Davidson. That's right. So he coughs so much and he can't counterattack with his correct answers. <laughs> well, some would say you couldn't anyway. but <laughs> Some would say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, only the right people. Your face is dumb. <laughs> Ooh. The, whew, sick burn. I tell you, I have a Star Trek chair. Yeah. Did, did I tell you I care? 
You do care. I do care very much, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, where'd you buy that? No, uh, I can't. Get, I saw the price. I'm like, I just can't. At the Star Trek chair store. I can't do it right now. I Well, my old chair was like 20 years old, and it's the armrests are falling off it. And I was like, yeah, it's time. Whatever you have to tell yourself, man. That's all right. Um, or I tell myself, I have a chair and you don't. <laughs> touche. Touche. Did you know this pillow comes off? Can I smother you with it? See? Oh, and it even says Star Trek behind it. That's cool. It's yeah. oh, great. No, you can't smother me with the, the pillow because it's little. Not not like your face. So you're saying I have a big face? Yeah, it goes with your giant melon. I do have a big head. Yeah. You do. It is. There's a lot of brains in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, here we go. <laughs> and begin. <laughs>